Hello, my name is Kyle. Before we start this episode, I just wanted to say that during uh, this episode, we do discuss the Star Trek Voyager episode ex post facto, but you wouldn't have known because I kept referring to it as State of Flux. I'm not even sure why, but I have fixed this in the edit, so you shouldn't ever hear the episode referred to as State of Flux. Apologies if you do. But the way I've done it, you know, you won't even notice. You will not even be able to tell that I said the wrong thing. And it'll be such a seamless edit that you'll have no idea I had to make some changes. I promise you, you'll have no idea at all. Enjoy the show. Computer, initialize Holosuite. Space, the final frontier. There are a million things in this universe you can have, and there are a million things you can't have. It's no fun facing that, but that's the way things are. You can deny me all you want, but you cannot deny Ben Sisko. Exist. Dismissed. Let's start with expression four. Get out. Hello, and welcome to Her First Track. I am her, I am Katie, the woman, the myth, the legend. Wow. <laughs> I didn't really know how to introduce myself, so, yeah, so I thought you, that would be a good one. You thought you'd really stick your head up your own ass this time. <laughs> there is no other place so worthy of my attention. <laughs> <laughs> you are the myth, you are the legend, you are my darling, dearest, Daisy. I'm just Kyle. You can be the man, the myth, the legend, if no, you No, like. God, I've already been accused more than enough in my life of having too big an ego, which isn't true, I have no ego. I just seem to give off a persona. Like I would agree with that. that I have an ego. <laughs> I but, would agree with that. What, that I don't have an ego, but I give yeah. off the impression I do yeah. just from my mannerisms and the way I am. And yeah, yeah. I, don't have, I don't have any ego, though. Why yeah. are you looking at me like that? No reason. No, I was actually looking upwards because I was like, I can hear them running around. Yeah, so we're doing this one when the children are awake, which is not the norm for us. But Brave. We needed to catch up with the podcast for where we were watching because you've done a little bit of binging recently, haven't you? So mm. we're recording this one in the daytime. I've just been out for a walk because I've, in the last 15 months, become a bit of a social recluse. So I've gone out to actually start to build some form of muscles back on my legs. Before you suffer complete yeah. muscle wastage. Yeah, and you went out for a really big walk this morning. I did. 10 kilometers. 10 kilometer walk in 10k. It was lovely. Wow. Fresh air on my face. Went with your sea friend. Air. The sea air. Where did you go? The bay. Oh, Cardiff Bay for people who don't know. Mm. I know we have some people at Holosuite Media from Cardiff as well. So You'll know the bay. Everyone yeah, knows the everyone bay. Everyone knows the bay. So we're not going to waste much time talking random nonsense at the start of this podcast because we do have four episodes to discuss this week. Now, last week, well, two weeks ago, Katie. We said we were going to chat about three episodes on the show, but we've managed to squeeze in another one. We just couldn't stop. So when we get into discussions, apologies if you do hear our children at any point. We have tried to silence them with alcohol and medication and all sorts. But bribery. Bribery. None of it's working. Um, so they may burst in at some point. Uh, Disclaimer, he's joking. I am joking, by the way, before anyone calls <laughs> child services. <laughs> They're actually being silenced with... Screens and headphones, headphones and, and crisps and yeah, snacks, junk food. Just as bad parenting, really. Yeah, but not <laughs> illegal. So no, no, not at all. Come um, at me. <laughs> and I also, I don't drink alcohol myself, so I wouldn't even use it on my children if I wanted to. Because there's mm. none here. Well, you still drink alcohol. Yeah, there's none here though. Otherwise, I'd be drinking. Yeah, it. you wouldn't share your wine, so no, you're fine. There's yeah. no alcohol has been given to our children. No. Four episodes this week are three TNGs. I think it's easy to work out which show Katie's enjoying the most right now. <laughs> So it's three TNGs. We'll be looking at Hide and Q, 
Haven and the big goodbye. And then we're going to throw in a Voyager into the mix from season one. So the question for you, KT, before we begin, which episode are we talking first? We don't even need to do the TNGs in order of how they add. We can just mix things up. Okay, okay. My first choice was going to be the Q episode. Hide and Q. Hide and Q, which makes no sense. Yeah, it didn't really make much sense with the episode. No. I was waiting for and something also, to happen And also, it should be something that rhymes with seek. True. They are quite creative with some of the Q titles later on on the show, though, I personally think. If anything, it could have been like Q Up or... Ooh, Q Up. Yeah. Why Q Up? Well, it just makes more sense than Hide and Q. To the episode, though? Well, no. I was trying to find some tenuous link between Q him up. being Well, up. technically, you could say that Riker, who gets Q powers in this episode... It's going to be next he in He queued up. He queued yeah, up. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Like Levin yeah, up, he, he queued up. And if you have a little apostrophe in there, it's almost like a Klingon name. See? We've been watching some Lower Decks this week. So <laughs> yeah. That's what we've been doing this week, actually. Watching Lower Decks. Started some NCIS. New Orleans yesterday. Mm. I always say New Orleans, which I think is wrong. So. New Orleans. At Farpoint, we saw you as savages only. We discovered instead that you are unusual creatures in your own limited ways. Ways which in time will not be so limited. We're growing. Something about us compels us to learn, explore. Yes, the human compulsion. And unfortunately for us, it is a power which will grow stronger century after century, eon after eon. Eons. Have you any idea how far we'll advance? Perhaps in the future that you cannot yet conceive, even beyond us. So you see, we must know more about this human compulsion. That's why we've selected you, Riker, to become part of the queue, so that you can bring to us this human need and hunger that we may better understand it. I suppose that's meant as a compliment, Q. Or maybe it's my limited mind. But to become a part of you, I don't even like you. Do you want to tell us kind of what happened in this episode of Hide and Q? Sure. Okay, go for it. Okay, so Picard and the crew are on their way to help in some disaster that's happened. And right at the most inopportune moment in Pop's Q, and he's like, let's play a game. And he's like, I'm going to offer you all something that you can't refuse. So he takes a bunch of the, uh, everybody actually, off the ship, apart from Picard, and mm-hmm. plops them on a planet. In this mix, somehow, he's given Riker Q powers. He's trying to tempt him, basically, away from humanity with it. And Riker uses the Q powers to save everybody, because they're, like, defending themselves against these French Revolution pigs and then Riker tries to grant everyone on the ship their wishes um, by making Wesley older and making LaForge see again and he then... gave war for Klingon a mate yes and she was it was terrifying wild kind of got aroused oh yeah yeah it's a bit much it was a bit much I wasn't aroused <laughs> no and then they all realise that they don't really want that and then Riker's like yeah I don't want it either and Q's like no and then Picard's like oh if the Q people found out that you were doing this then they would be really mad and then he breaks apart into loads of little particles and yeah like he got sucked away by someone Riker was tempted for a while though I mean who wouldn't be Mm. I would be like he started calling Picard a Jean-Luc yeah yeah and even Picard noted it straight away but was very chill about it he was like I see you're on a first name basis I think maybe now. he knew that it wasn't really his fault. But also, I've heard Picard call him Will. I know. That's why I thought so, it was a bit unusual yeah, to... Yeah, I'm a little bit like, if you're going to use the first name with them, 
you shouldn't really be calling them out for doing it to you because you mm. set the standard. Yeah. If you're saying first names are cool on duty, then but I can't imagine calling him Jean-Luc. Can you, would you, well, I know you want to, you want to call him all sorts. I would. You love Jean-Luc. Even old man Jean-Luc in Picard. Oh, I do. In a different way. Yeah. In yeah. like a, oh, let me feed you soup kind of way. <laughs> it looks like you'd probably like that now. I know. You'd be like that Romulan woman. Coming and I'd, I'd pour him, you know, a nice glass of red oh, or an God. Earl Grey if he wants. Earl Grey, yeah. The red wine, you'd have to get it right, though, because he's probably a wine connoisseur. So am I. So this episode, you were right about the, was it the French Revolution pigs? Yeah. Call them. They're a bit weird. I don't know what the rest of the crew were on the ship during this. No. In my head, I'm thinking, did Q just lock the bridge off so Picard was on his own? Because not everyone was on the planet, just our main characters were. And also, if they were, and they weren't involved in that whole sequence... I think someone needs to send up, like, a space therapist, because that's really terrifying, being sucked off your ship and then you have no idea what's going on and then, what, you're just back and supposed to go back to normal life? Yeah, that's what they do on the Enterprise. Mm. What did you think of Q's offer to Riker? Because Q basically says that they've kind of tracked human evolution and they believe that in the future, you know, humans are going to potentially exceed even the Q's powers and It was an uh, an interesting logic behind it. I don't think that could ever be true. No, I mean, looking at where we are now, we seem to, like, Earth right now is exactly what Q, it's exactly what Q uh, is talking about. Any sort of favourite moments from this episode at all? I've got one or two myself. I love the, I love that Klingon. Yeah, oh, that Um, was mine, the Klingon. Was it LaForge who was horrified? And he was like, what was it, Riker? Mr. Worf, is this this how you mate on your planet or something? Yeah, and he was like, no, (laughs) I don't want that anymore. It's not my life. (laughs) Um, I also, I I mean, this wasn't a favourite moment, but I feel like it needs discussion. Is the bit where Natasha Yar was oh, yeah. in that prison or whatever, yeah. in the box or whatever. And she somehow was like on well, the bridge with it. And then Jean-Luc calms her down. Yeah. And he's like, out. it's okay. It's okay. And she's like, oh, if you weren't the captain. Where did that come I from? Like, you can't say that to Picard. Riker's not even allowed to call him Jean-Luc. Fucking chuck a bucket of water on her. I know. She was weirdly thirsty. Yeah. Given that she's only a few episodes ago, like been banging data. And now she's like thirsty for It's just weird. Picard. Like, I understand the whole sexual magnetism towards the captain, maybe. You know, I'll embrace it with the doctor. That's a nice Beverly little bit of chemistry. Yeah. But it doesn't, it's not necessary for everybody. That was a little bit it was Gene blue. Roddenberry. <laughs> no, what I mean is like... Gene Roddenberry's trek was full of this kind of stuff. Yeah, with Kirk. Everything is like... Sexualized. Sexual magnetism towards the main guy. Hmm. Yeah, same here. What, like, is it a position, a man in a position of power? Every woman's like, oh, if you were the captain. It was just, it was weird. That was weird. It was a weird line, wasn't it? And yeah. We both looked at each other and were like, what? Did yeah. She, why did she just say that? And it and just I, moved on quite I for, quickly. Yeah, and I forget, like, you haven't seen these things for a while. So I was going to be like, can you explain this? No. Does this happen all the time? It's weird. <laughs> it was it, weird. It was strange. What did you think of the episode as a, as a whole then? I thought it was a really interesting premise. I, I'm not really there yet with Q. I've seen him in other stuff where he's quite funny. Yeah, he's not He's not got to that level yet on the show. No, he? he's just irritating. And like I can totally see that. Oh, he's always irritating as well later. Yeah. He's just more comedy-based than he yeah. is. He's like an adversary right now. Yeah. He's not an adversary later on. Not for, not for my money, anyway. Yeah, he's just annoying in this one. But I appreciated that power corrupts. Yeah, I guess that was the moral of the, the tale. Yeah. I did actually quite enjoy the story of it on the whole. What about you? Yeah, it was okay. I hit, I didn't like scenes on the planet because they just look so low budget. Oh, but... yeah. Well, if you forgive that bit, which I have to overlook. Yeah, I mean, the you know, French Revolution pigs were challenging, but 
It's like a Doctor Who villain. Worf just, when he's on edge for enemies and that, he just looks ridiculous right now. He almost reminds me a bit of the Ferengi when they were first introduced. Whereas mm. I think, well, I know Worf just becomes a tough son of a bitch later on in the show. So they're just trying to find his character, I guess. Interesting line in this, though, where Q talked about Worf as a Klingon calling Q to whoever it was. And he said, no wonder your people defeated theirs. Interesting statement. It made me think that at this point, maybe it was in Gene Roddenberry's plan that the Federation had defeated the Klingons, but as a threat, but you know, we'll find out that they haven't. Spoilers. Um, it was all right. It was okay. I think I just literally marked it as okay on our little sheet, so. It's not the worst one I've seen. No, no. Interesting idea, but not a whole lot happened. And it was quite nice, though, that at the end, they put the ship back to where they were supposed to be yeah, in no time, time passed, and space. Yeah. That was good because it means that they could save the people. Yeah, now was that just Q or the the Q being nice? Is the Q a person or a collection of people? Or am I not supposed to ask that yet? Well, what I would say is that I would normally not give you an answer to that question either way. But I think in this episode, Q did mention the Q or I'm a Q or something like that. So I I believe he has said in this episode. How many Qs are there? No comment cannot possibly give you an answer i i always assumed that he was like a time lord and he was just like a person that just wandered lonely as a cloud well, i think they meant to exist out of time but he seems to follow them in a linear fashion mm. but i'm guessing that may be for their sake and not cues i have a feeling it's for our benefit yeah it could be for us yeah there's no river song situation mm. imagine that with picard and q though like, first oh, time Picard God, that would be annoying. meets Q is at the end of Q and his meetings, and then we're going the other way. It'd be even more annoying, yeah. <sighs> that rehab colony back in New Zealand doesn't seem so bad right now. Lieutenant, did you murder Professor Wren? No. But the victim's own eyes identify... You don't have to tell me what the victim's own eyes saw, Captain. I don't understand it either. But I did not kill him. Were you having improper relations with his wife? Their marriage was over. She told Ren they were finished the same day he was killed. That does not answer my question. Nothing happened between us. Almost nothing. So, Voyager, mm. season one. We haven't chatted about Voyager for a couple of weeks, I think. So. Mm. I think, I'm not sure. I can't remember what the hell we did last time. So I don't remember what I did this morning. True, true. I actually said something to you before we came on this podcast and you literally said to me, I've just forgotten everything you said. Yeah. It's amazing we can get through this podcast. I know, right? All right, yeah. Actually, before we do get into discussing just a reminder, please hit the subscribe button on your podcast app. It means a lot to us. And if you get a chance, please just hit that five-star rating. We're a new podcast. We need to get this baby rolling and moving and get it up the charts. and Engage. Engage, yeah, with our audience and engage with more eyes and ears. That was smart. Multi-leveled. Yeah, I know. I was struggling as it went, though. Yeah, it did. Yeah. you did well. I surprise myself sometimes. It's okay. Okay, so do you want to talk to us about what happens? Tom Paris goes with Harry Kim to a planet, and there's like a couple down there, and he hits it off with the woman. Like, she's pretty nice. Yeah, they're married. And then, The husband's a lot older, by the way. Yeah, he's way older, and she's really pretty. Hmm. Um, she was a pretty alien. I would. Would you? Sure. Oh, ooh. <laughs> and then um, the guy dies, the old man. They think that Paris did it, obviously, because he's just arrived and he's got this thing with the woman. They can check the memories of the person who's died or something, and then they make him relive it yeah, every, every 14, 14 hours, hours, the yeah. last couple of minutes of the guy's life. And you just see like the old guy catching Paris and the woman at it. 
Kissing. Not at it. Kissing. At it, at it. Making yeah. out. And then Paris comes over and stabs him. That's not very Starfleet. No. And that's how the episode opened, if you remember. Yes. And it cut back to Paris suffering as he's remembering it. So, yeah. So what happens when Janeway finds out? Oh, she's livid. She went to be kissing Tom. Yeah, that's why. That's why she's pissed off. No, she reason. no, she's very loyal. She's like, no, he didn't do this. Yeah. And they're like, well, there's proof. And she's like, damn your proof. But Tuvok did say, you know, did you kill him? Yeah. I think. Was it Tuvok who said it? Yeah. But <laughs> as soon as he said no, they believed it. Yep. yep. And, which is good. So this set Tuvok Everyone off needs then. a team like that. Yeah, I know. Them. I feel like I don't have that. Tuvok then just became like super Sherlock. Yeah. Sussed out the crimes. And then we find out in a typical like Agatha Christie style explanation of everything that went on, Tuvok takes us through the real series of events mm. that happened. And they were that it couldn't be Tom because in the video, because I skipped that Tuvok did a mind meld, didn't he? Oh, yeah. With Paris to yeah. see the footage that Paris was being seen. And he, he noted that Paris was the same height in the image as the woman, but in real life. Paris and the wife are completely different heights. So it suggested that the footage had been tampered with. And there was numbers on the screen that we saw every time we saw it as well, the numbers. But it turns out they were that was like alien language, wasn't it, of like the, mm. the rivals. So there was a spy trying to get information out. It turns out all along it was like the doctor. And the doctor and mm. the woman were having an affair, I guess. And then they tried to frame Tom for it. Which seems harsh. Does that mean that actually her intentions with Tom were... Always completely, was she being devious the entire time with him? I don't know. He's a good looking chap. I'm, I'm sure she wasn't like, oh no, I'm not going to kiss that. She's probably like, oh well, I'll do it if I have to. Is Tom Paris a good looking lad? I think so. There was also a vile looking dog in this episode. I don't remember the dog. You don't remember the dog? The dog was the main bit that Tuvok used as proof because Tuvok oh, hated him yeah. and like Paris, but came up really friendly to the doctor who yeah. did it. So that was better than the dog we saw in The Enemy Within TOS the other week. <laughs> the one they stuck googly eyes yeah, on. Yeah, it was meant to be an alien. Like cleaners just, coming out of it. Just a dog with some accessories on it, shall we say. Such a strange creature from an unknown world. Yeah, it didn't look like anything I'd ever seen before, no, obviously. No, So yeah, ugly dog in this. That keeps the tradition going. Porthos is like an exception to the rule of this. Oh, he's beautiful. Right. Well, that dog's pretty cool in Picard. Mm. Number one. Mm. I like number one. So the wife was obviously scheming, the old scientist husband killed. That seemed to end any help that Voyager and these aliens were going to do with each other. What do you think about when Kim came back and he'd been going through like this interrogation? He was interrogated. What happened to him? He was injured. I know. That what was, doing that was extreme. Yeah, beating him up. I don't know. Maybe it was like psychological torture. And if they had this footage as well of Paris doing it, why, why were they even doing anything to Kim? I don't know. Yeah, it seems weird, doesn't it? You've got the footage, you don't need to question Maybe it. Was just any, I mean, that particular punishment is pretty savage. Maybe it was just like, they just like torturing people. Yeah, do you know what I think about that? It does seem savage, that punishment of reliving from your victim's perspective the death. But I think we say that because we aren't going to go out and kill anyone. So mm. we see it as really harsh. But actually, I think if someone has... Oh, it'd be great. Yeah, if someone has done that and they are guilty and we know they're guilty, then actually I think that's an absolutely fine yeah. punishment for them. I actually think it's great. But... It makes you question the whole system because they said the footage is irrefutable. It can't be fake. But Tuvok obviously showed irrefutable proof that it had been. So does that not raise some doubts like for other people punished with it? Yeah, if you if you wrongfully accuse someone of doing it and they get convicted, that is a lot. Yeah. So there could be like loads of lawyers on that planet after this, hear about this and think, right, we're going to claim ours as Every fake 14 as well. hours as well. It's such a weird like... 
Do it's think... not even the same time every day. No, do we think their days are you have to plan your life different lengths? It. And maybe that's why. Possibly. Could be a 28 hour day. Yeah. God, it could be a, a 42 hour day. I would just 36 cry hour if day. If our you know? day was that long. Yeah, I mean, that is horrific to me. I wake up and I'm counting down the hours till the kids are going to bed. That's my first thought. As yeah. soon as I open my eyes. You wake up, you try to work up what your yet? starting time is. They've had a lie and they're like, oh, yes. Less time until they have to go to bed. Or if they've woken up early, you look at the clock, you're like, oh, shit. It's going to be a long day. Pass me the whiskey. I really enjoyed this one. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. It's a good I, episode. I thought it was good. I was looking forward to this when I saw it coming up on the viewing order, actually. I And I really didn't know how they were going to get out of it because it looked like that was definitely what happened. Uh, yeah, I remember you sitting there being like, like, how are they going to get out of this? And I was and like, why would you do that? Then Tuvok stepped in. That was a shrewd observation. Yeah, because he's good at his job, obviously, Tuvok. We've given Tuvok some stick on this show, and I don't even notice how much we give him until I do the edits. <laughs> and I realise that we are like, we go rough on Tuvok. I still don't love him. No, no, but he's, he's obviously capable. But I loved at the end when Paris was like, you know, you saved my ass, we're going to be best friends now. And Tuvok's like, that's just because you weren't guilty. If you were guilty, I would have completely nailed you to the cross. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, whoa. All right, Tuvok. Jesus. You want him on side, don't you? Otherwise, so he's going to screw loyalty. you. He's loyal to the law, not to a person. I mean, I guess that's good. He's kind of loyal to Janeway. Yeah, but if she'd done that's something far. wrong. Yeah, what would he done if it was Janeway and she had done it? He would have tried to get her out of there, I think. Nah. No? No. Get some higher up the command ladder, I guess. Yeah. Just get rid of one of them. He's closer to the chair. I wanted to apologize for my mother's behavior. Your mother's honest. I respect that. Yes, but she never lets up. I'll admit her honesty is a bit persistent. I never heard it described better, but it is a betazoid trait. I'll try to be only half as annoying. So Haven... We noticed straight away a important actor who appeared in this, who we will have to refer to <laughs> by his prison break name, yes. please. So, Teabag from Prison Break. So, please tell me what Teabag was up to in this episode. <laughs> There's a transmission come through, and it's from Diana's people. Betazoids. Yeah, and she's like, oh no, because she seems to be the only one who understands what's happening. And she's like, I'm getting married. And Riker's like, you what? You what? You what? And then his parents, the future husband's parents, Teabag, arrive and they don't get on with Deanna's mum. Probably because Deanna's mum seems completely batshit crazy. Yeah, yeah. They seem to get on okay, the big D and T. Deanna and Teabag. They're doing fine. Bit of chemistry. Yeah, they end up having a little snog. But Teabag's like, well, you weren't really what I was expecting, which I was like... Whoa, is he looking to get punched in the face? Yeah, I was like, dude, you're teabag. Check yourself. Yeah, she's Deanna Troy. You know, <laughs> you need to yeah, be a bit careful but, now. So for some reason, he feels comfortable enough showing Deanna these pictures of who he thought she might be, um, which is this blonde, super attractive yeah. blonde lady. And he's like, I've seen this person every night in my dreams. And Deanna's like, well, I'm sorry I'm a disappointment to you, which was really upsetting for me because I was like, yeah. don't apologize. I should point out, though, that he thought it was Deanna as well because it's reaching out to him and he thought Deanna had those abilities, but like she hasn't really got them because she's half human. Yeah, yeah. She hasn't got the same abilities, as I guess, as all other Betazoids. But they're doing fine. They're going to get married. They're really going to go ahead with it. He wasn't Betazoid, though, was he? No, he was human. He, he was human. It was yeah. just they'd been sworn to each other as children, wasn't it? Yeah, because Deanna's dad was best friends with Teabag's dad. I have no idea what his actual name was. And then all this time, there's this ship approaching... And when they get them on screen, it turns out to be this race of people 
who they thought had died out because they had some virus. Yeah, they were the last survivors. Yeah, they were the last survivors. And it turns out one of the people, dun 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 dun, was the blonde woman from Two Bags Pictures. So she's like searched the galaxy for him and... He's a doctor as well. So at some point towards the end, he just beams over there and he's like, bye, mum and dad. I'm now in an infected ship. I'm going to live with this woman. And Deanna's like, it's fine. Don't worry. Lucky escape for her, really. Oh, yeah. Riker probably wanted to go do a little dance somewhere. So got his chance. We found out a bit more about the Riker and Troy situation here, which was mm. that the insinuation was that Riker has always picked his career over his love but he does deny that in this episode doesn't he he does deny it when Troy makes that reference but I have a feeling that was there in the past anyway I also love how honest Deanna is about that with Teabag yeah there's this other guy they're both really honest with each other it's like yeah, like you're are. fine we're about to get married but I just want to tell you about this other person that I'm super into yeah I've been painting this <laughs> one woman who I thought you were for like my life it turns out you're not and you want to be with the Commander of this ship. Muscular. But, yeah, but he, he has a bigger crush on the captain's chair than he does on, on you. So <laughs> it, was, it was interesting. It's funny seeing Teabag in one of these old like guest starring roles because mm. he's a villain in everything I see him in now. I don't know when I've seen him in anything. And in, in Prison Break, guy. he's genuinely like, Nasty. he makes your skin crawl. You don't see many villains on American network television. As nasty as Teabag. Like, he no, was, he was disgusting. He belonged on like streaming service or cable TV. Mm. Some of the stuff he would insinuate or do, he was creepy. Oh, it's disgusting. He was. And he's been in the Arrowverse as well. So we found out about naked Betazoid weddings yeah. in this. Guests appear naked. They made a little deal, though, that the only people that would be naked would be Deanna, Teabag, Luxana, and then Teabag's dad. They're the only ones that have to be naked. I was really disappointed. I know. We've never really probably seen one. I would probably want to see Loxana naked at a wedding. Be more curious about Troy. I'd be more curious about Worf. And his two schlongs. Mm. I wonder if they're the same size. Oh, lordy. Because you just know they're going to be massive. Or does just one hang lower than the other? Like testicles. And boobs. I don't know. These are questions that Trek will have to answer for us one day. Mm. Would you want a Betazoid wedding? No, you did ask me this the did other I? day. Yeah. Well, by the time we get married, my no testicles would probably be that. down to my ankles. No one will want to see me. No one wants to see me now. I beg to differ, Katie. Mm. I would take you to all the beta side weddings. <laughs> yeah. Like the wedding crashes. We would be Just the wedding turn crashes. Up. Hey, guys. Yeah, yeah. They'd be like, how do you know the bride and groom? We don't. No. What if we went to a wedding that turned out not to be a beta side wedding, though, and we were just fully in the nude? I think that's just a crime. Yeah, at that point, we're breaking the law. Yeah. 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 Okay. Streaking. We'd have to put some precautions in place. Or just, just not do it. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah. I had a business plan for a moment then. One might say I had a lifestyle choice that I was growing attached to. No. It lasted for all of 10 seconds. Any favorite moments for you in this episode? I really like the whole, like, unspoken thing going on between Troy and Riker. It was nice for me, cause I, especially because I know how it ends for them. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm just seeing, like, a part of the story from the beginning. That was nice. Mm. Nice to see Teabag being a nice person. With some really... rocking some 80s hair, though. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I also really liked the meal um, oh, that, that they scene, all yeah. had. Data when he was surveying the scene. Yeah. yeah. And like between the mums, when she's like, your husband's got a thing for me. He's like, he can't wait to see me naked at the Betazoid <laughs> wedding or whatever. 
And everyone it knew that. It was just it. funny. But you assume she's not lying because obviously she can read his yeah. thoughts. But you also know Luaxana probably would say that stuff. Just he, to... But he just looks awkward as hell as well. And he's like, <laughs> oh, come on. Well, how can you dispute it? Because even if it's not true, <laughs> how can you dispute it? Because they'll be like, well, she can read your mind. And you're like, well, you can't, yeah, you can't counter can't that. Anything. Yeah, That's harder to disprove than killing husband of a woman that you've just been caught kissing. Mm. In Paris's case. Mm. But that whole scene, I was I was like laugh out loud mm. in a couple of those moments because yeah. it was just really funny. Also quite funny how, given she's a mind reader, how completely oblivious Diana's mum is to everything. Like, I think that's through choice more yeah. than anything. It's very vague. It's, it's just interesting. And the way she treated Picard was so funny, oh, like yeah. a busboy. Oh yeah, at the start when he's carrying her stuff. Yeah. You could see Troy was horrified. Oh, and her little helper guy got mm. drunk. Yeah, yeah, that was At funny. the end, he was like, thanks for the drinks. <laughs> and he kept banging the gong. That was actually, was starting to piss me off. Oh, I know. I know it was like meant to annoy the people on the screen as well, but it was really starting to annoy me. I was like, if he hits that thing again. And then he did. I was tempted to throw something at the TV. Mm. That would have ruined it for all of us. It was good though, wasn't it? Thumbs up episode then, yeah? Thumbs up. Thumbs up. You really surprised me. We'll talk about this a bit more <laughs> on the after show, but your reaction after that episode really, really did surprise me. So that leaves the final episode, the big goodbye. I'm not sure who wants me dead. My husband, my stepdaughter. A lover, perhaps. Perhaps. Or perhaps it's Cyrus Redblock. I need you to find out. Name your fee. $20 a day, plus expenses. Agreed. I haven't said yes yet. Will you say yes, Mr. Hill? If it is Red Block, he must think I've got what he's looking for. But believe me, I don't. I'll take your word for it. Okay. The holodeck is working, functional, and... Fully functional. Fully functional, like data. And everyone's like, oh, Picard, you should go and have a go. And he's like, yeah, all right. So he puts his like little things into the little pad and he's like, 1940s, Chicago, blah, 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 blah. And he walks into like a private eyes office, Mm. Dixon Hill. And then it turns out that he is Dixon Hill, or he looks like him. I don't know where the actual Dixon Hill is. He is Dixon Hill. Oh, is he? In the thing. So the computer would be programmed to recognise you as Dixon Hill. Oh, okay. So you, you, you could go in, I could go in. But if we were set as Dixon Hill, it would recognise you as Dixon uh-huh. Hill. But it was based on a um, series of books, which Data read very quickly yeah. to get up to speed. During which you can see that the writer of this episode credits themselves as the writer of the Dixon Hill series. I guess that if you look at does the screen. kind of work. And then Data goes into the holodeck with him and someone else who's like a an expert on 20th century history or something. Some guy who you knew was going to Well, it's basically a nameless character, hurt. so yeah. he was there for the bloodshed. And um, Dr. Crusher goes oh, yeah. as well. And my God, this look suits her. Can we, we just put that her. out there? Yeah, Let's we can. put that yeah. out there. Um, anyway, they go back and, uh-oh, there is an issue and they get stuck. Stuck in the holodeck. 
in 1940. It's like that's never ever happened before. And the worst thing is, is that there's all this crime going on, but obviously safeties are off. So someone comes in, he's like, I'm going to get you. And then Picard's like, oh yeah, okay. And then he shoots the 20th century historian. And it's it's real. Blood. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Uh, first of all, um, they're all like smiling because he's like waving a gun at them. Even he... even Beverly, who's <laughs> yeah. like, a, she's like a doctor. This is so exciting. Yeah. And they're like, oh, God, no, he's been shot. And they're like, oh, oh, this is real. Okay. And then they can't get out. And then the main guy shows up, the bad guy. Yeah. And Wesley is the one who solves it. Shocker. Once again, Wesley is smarter than everyone else. Yeah. If you've got the idea that he's like a genius, then I can kind of accept it. Oh, but bless him, though. He must have been under a lot of pressure. His mum was in there. Yeah, yeah. That's why he was allowed down, if you mm. remember. Riker wasn't going to let him go. Mm. The thing that made the holodeck not work anymore was the alien species they were going to go meet with, who would only speak to Picard, and they were very fussy. Oh, remember, yeah. they did like a scan or something of the ship, and it yeah. basically threw the holodeck out of whack. And then eventually the doors open. The holograms are aware of the doors being opened into the ship. And the evil ones, like the godfather kind of one, the mob boss, whatever, walks out into the corridor. We see them in the corridor for a minute and then they just start to disappear. Which in truth, I don't know if they would have even been able to appear in the corridor. No, I know. I was expecting them to burn to dust like as soon as they crossed the threshold, but yeah, whatever. But I do kind of give them special sort of forgiveness because they were trying to set the rules of the holodeck, Mm. which have always been kind of in flux anyway, even when the rules started to become a bit more set in Trek, they've always kind of played with what the holodeck can and can't do for the nature of the episode. I think if you think episode. too much about it, it yeah. you just lose the enjoyment from it. Yes, it's not hyper-realistic. However, it makes for a bit of fun. The holodeck is a brilliant concept. I said this to you when we were watching it. I said that this holodeck is a way to do a time travel story without having to do a, tra- mm. a time travel story. You can put them in 1941, I think it was, mm. in a detective story and not have to come up with any explanation for it other than they've gone into the holodeck. Mm. Should we talk about how... Um, I've used the word thirsty on this show today, <laughs> but how thirsty it was gonna be my definitely Beverly was for Picard, but I think a little bit of Picard for, oh, yeah. for old Beverly. She gets in there and she's like, so are we going to go and see your office? And Picard's like, oh, yes, Beverly. And then Data's like, yeah, me too. And, and he's like, face. stop third wheeling. Yeah, their their face when Data wanted to come with them was just hilarious. But even in the uh, conference room, when uh, Jean-Luc asks Beverly to come to the holodeck with him, and she thinks it's a date, you can see it. And then he's like, also, we should bring this person mm. or that person. And you can see her face. I haven't seen her be so obvious as in this episode no. that she wants a piece. It was a bit mm. odd how, yeah. like, they were really on the nose with it this time. Like, you know, they, they weren't beating around the bush. They were, like, she was dressed for it. She was, remember Jean-Luc had the lipstick on his lips? Yeah. He got kissed in the holodeck and then came out. He was obviously amazed at the holodeck being all real and stuff. And then he walked to the ship with his lipstick on him. He didn't know. And then he even went through for ages, seemingly, through the senior staff meeting with the lipstick on him. And Riker was loving every moment of it. Yeah, it was really funny. Little Riker, little womanizer over there. He was... Uh, He's like, my turn next, eh, yeah, Jean-Luc? Yeah, it was funny seeing how they were all like in awe of the... Troy's like, I know what you're thinking, dirty son of a bitch. <laughs> Jonathan Frakes has such a good cheeky grin. Yeah. I prefer the grin when it's got the beard as well, so I'm waiting for the beard. Season two, I think the beard comes. Hmm. Uh, when the beard comes, the gloves are off, Riker levels up, uh-huh. one might say. So any favourite moments from this? Because you, well, you were funny because you were kind of quiet throughout the start of the episode, but then we had to pause for some reason. And then you were like, 
okay, let's be quick because I'm really loving this episode. And I was like, oh, wow, okay, good, good. So you were into this. Yeah. Favorite moments? I it? just, I loved seeing the crew in regular clothes. I know that sounds really stupid, but um, I also really liked how Data was trying to, like, be a 1940s gangster. South American gangster. Yeah. <laughs> and it was really funny how, like... There were just so many laugh out loud moments, like him, them saying he was from South America, and they're like, yeah. "I've never seen anyone look like you before. You look like a ghost." I'm glad they mentioned it because when he said South America, I looked at you, <laughs> and I was like, "I swear that he should definitely be of a different, you know, shade of skin color at yeah. least if he's from South America." And then he puts that button on the accent as yeah. well later. Brent Spiner comes into his own when he's sort of being comedic. He had to sort of snap out of it, didn't he? When he came back, he was willing to keep going with it with the like hat and the the suit and everything so that was fun i really liked everything in the holodeck didn't care for the story about that you have to greet this person in this specific like that the specific i thought you'd like that because as a linguist yourself yeah i get it this species had cut off contact for 20 years because someone spoke to them the wrong way or something the last time that was funny i thought that was funny i mean picard was really confident when he came out of the holodeck though he just came on he was like open hailing frequencies and he just he just went for it he just Went straight down there. But talk about overthinking it, though. You know, they have a universal translator. Yeah. If they also have understanding of the rules of the language, then why wouldn't universal translator work? Maybe that's a sign of honour. Like the holodeck, the rules of the universal translator vary Mm. as well. Like, how can the Klingons speak Klingon around humans? And then other times they're speaking full English, as if Mm. the translator's translating it. What do you think Worf speaks? Well, that's true of everyone on the ship. A lot of the aliens probably are not speaking English. Mm, I don't know. I think you're right. I think it was a show of respect because they spoke to Riker and that in English and said, now you'll greet us in our tongue. So I guess it was about hearing it come from the horse's mouth, so to speak. So this was another thumbs up then, yeah? Mm. Wow. Mm. Oh, it's going to be a good discussion on the after show <laughs> as to which one takes top spot <laughs> I know, for right? you. I so, have to get yeah, my brain you... whirring. I remember this one finished. And I think I mentioned before, we keep a little chart of our ratings. I don't think we've explained the ratings on you. So they're all based off of things you say. <laughs> yeah. At the end of an episode. I'm now using it for my NerdSense86 website, actually. So we have... What's the, what's the first one? It wasn't great. It wasn't great. So, you, yeah, so what do you think of it? It wasn't great. That's a one. A two out of five is, it was okay. A three out of five is, it was good. A four out of five is, very good. And a five out of five, Katie, is... I loved it! So... When I ask Katie her reaction, I normally get one of those five things. So that's how we score the episode rather than... Cause I think it makes me sound very that. simplistic. Yeah. I do have more ideas than that, but that's just my initial reaction. But you were... Uh, you're going to want a rating off me for this one or what? You know, this look on your face. And I was like, no way. <laughs> you're not about to drop a five on me after another five. So yeah, you're a big fan of this one. And we're going to... In the after show, we're going to which is available to all our patrons. So if you are a patron of the show, thank you. If you're not a patron, uh, you can, of course, go to patron.com forward slash nerd since 86. That's the numbers 86. And uh, sign up there to the Trekkie package. But yeah, we're going to go on the after show. We're going to rank them. But, you know, this is a strong week for you then. It was. It was. This week has got some serious boots to fill. Yeah, hiding Q was maybe a bit of a... But then we had three pretty solid episodes. Nice to have Voyager back. TNG are seemingly enjoying more than all the other shows right now because of Jean-Luc. I think that might be why. Really? Mm. You like Riker as well? You've told me you fancy Riker. Riker. I do fancy Riker. I do. (sighs) You know, when I was a kid, I remember telling my parents, I wanted my hair like Riker's. Really? Yeah. Like, I was adamant about this. And this is when Riker, Riker with the beard as well... And I realised that, you know, Riker kind of had a receded hairline and just 
did not have great hair. So I don't know why I was adamant as a child that that's the haircut it's I wanted. It's funny, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. idols. I mean, yeah. some of the people I wanted hair like, I wouldn't even... Like who? I don't know, like all the rappers and stuff. I wanted my hair in cornrows. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> which my head has not got the shape for that no, not in at all. any way. Not at all. What a wonderful point for us to bid farewell to <laughs> listeners. The <laughs> image of Katie with cornrows. With cornrows yeah. Hosted by Katie Harbin and myself, Kyle West, her first Trek, a Star Trek review podcast, is produced by nerdsince86.com and is part of the holosuitemedia.com podcast network. If you would like extra content from us, including early access to her first Trek episodes, our Patreon-exclusive Her First Trek After Show, where we rank the episodes we've discussed each show, early access to Blast Shield, a Star Trek Lower Decks podcast episode, and much, much more, you can become a valued supporter of our show by signing up to our Patreon. Visit patreon.com forward slash nerdsince86 for more details. To keep up to date on all the news and updates from Her First Trek, be sure to follow at Her First Trek on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. To join the holosuitemedia.com community discussion group, simply type the Nexus, Holosuite Media's listeners community, into the Facebook search bar. Thank you for listening. This show is brought to you by Holosuite Media. Computer, list other available Holosuite Media programs. Loading Holosuite Preview Program 4, Random Trek Review, a Star Trek Review Podcast. We get kind of that funny little bit where he's got the relationship book, and I guess maybe they're foreshadowing a little bit of, you know, future, you know, hunk <laughs> Odo. <laughs> the, the, like, romance book was hilarious. He had a funny line. I forget what it was exactly now. I didn't write it down. I only read three chapters. Oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That was that was pretty good. And they definitely do this. When they have kind of a heavy, deep episode, they'll sometimes put a little bit of a joke or, or something light off the top. Loading Holosuite Preview Program 4, The Voyages, a Star Trek original, animated, and Kelvin Films podcast full honesty i did find that the scene was seemingly long when they were driving with him and, and scotty to get to the enterprise when they were in their little capsule i felt that that was a very long scene driving around the whole enterprise but find yourself someone in life that looks at you the way kirk looked at the enterprise i mean that was a beautiful moment and i absolutely adored when spock came back onto the enterprise just how everybody on the bridge, like Yuhura and Chekhov and everybody, they just kind of rallied around him. And it was a really warming moment just to see that original core group of people just celebrate him and happy to see him. Computer, deactivate Holosuite.